Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you, God. We magnify you, Lord. You are great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Appreciate the praise team singing that, the heart of worship. That's the title of my lesson tonight. Didn't the praise team do a great job tonight? I appreciate all the music department does, all, everybody who works so hard. And, uh, and it is, it's a time commitment. And, uh, and that song, I think, is very powerful because there are moments when we have to just step back and consider whether or not our heart is turned towards God in worship or are we just simply going through the motions or do we come and just do what we think is expected of us or do we truly have a heart that is crying out to God in worship? Everyone said worship. And, uh, and I, I want to look at the difference, number one, uh, the difference between praise and worship. I want to look at that in just a moment here. Uh, worship is one of those things that you, you really can't fake worship. You might can fake praise, but you can't fake worship. And uh, in a minute, we'll discuss why you might could fake praise but not worship. But worship is one of those things that flows from, from the very essence of who you are. It's, it becomes a part of you. Uh, we often say that worship is a lifestyle. Worship becomes uh, a part of the fabric of who you are as a human being. And, uh, and true worshipers, people who have a true heart for worship are easy to spot. Uh, I remember when uh, I first met my wife, and uh, tomorrow we celebrate 10 years of marriage, 10 years of marriage, and, uh, and I'm thankful for her. And, uh, I, well, I'll, I'll admit this. The first thing I noticed was her beautiful red hair. Uh, but the second thing that I noticed, it was in a church service, first time we ever met, is I noticed how she worshipped, and it was just a part of who she was. She loved to worship. And, uh, and now she's here, and I'm embarrassing her, so I've got to stop. And, but you can, always, you can always spot someone who has a genuine heart for worship. That's not something you can fake. That's not something that you can pretend. So let's talk about the difference between praise, everyone said praise, and worship. And time isn't going to permit us on a Wednesday night to really break this down the way I'd like to. I, I did do a study of the, uh, uh, of the original words, the Hebrew words for praise and, uh, uh, and all of those things. I'd love to do that and maybe pastor would do a better job of that. But tonight we're going to take more of a surface look. But understanding the difference between praise and worship brings a new depth to the way that we honor the Lord. How many want to honor the Lord tonight? All throughout the Bible, we're commanded to praise the Lord. Uh, in, in fact, while I was studying today, I started trying to count how many times the Bible commands us to praise the Lord. And I literally lost count because it's so prevalent throughout the pages of your Bible. Angels and the heavenly hosts are commanded to praise the Lord. All the inhabitants of the earth are instructed to praise the Lord. We can praise Him, the psalmist said, with singing and with shouting and with the dance and with musical instruments of all types. Did you know that we're instructed to praise the Lord on all types of musical instruments? And I, I know some of us have our favorite instrument, but, 
But the Bible instructs us to worship the Lord with the diversity of instruments. And, uh, and we're even instructed to simply make a joyful noise unto the Lord. The Bible literally seems to imply that sometimes singing just isn't enough. Sometimes shouting just doesn't express it adequately. Sometimes dancing is just out of the question. And sometimes words fail us. Have you ever had a moment when you were in the presence of God where words just failed you and you, you, you just couldn't express what you were feeling? Maybe, maybe it wasn't in the presence of God. Maybe you just had uh, some good, a good plate of ribs and words just failed you. That happens sometimes, and I, I think I have a holy reverb on my voice tonight, but, but sometimes words just fail you, and in those moments, you, the Bible says that we can simply make a joyful noise. Sometimes when you don't know what else to do, just make some noise in the presence of God. You say, but preacher, I'm not a singer. Just make a joyful noise. But, but preacher, I don't play an instrument. Go ahead and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But whatever you do, don't just sit there. Make a noise. Do something. Become involved in the worship that's taking place. Have the heart of a praiser. And so, in fact, I, I, one of the most impacting sermons that that I ever heard was uh, uh, from a missionary uh, to Brazil, I believe, Brother Raul Alviar Jr. And, uh, and he preached at a church that I was uh, the, the assistant pastor in at the time in Mississippi. And, and, uh, and he talked about the great revival there, and he's a great preacher. And, and he, as the church grew from 100 to 600, uh, he was became frustrated because uh, they, the, they had about... A hundred people in the church that would sing in the choir and they had a great choir, but they had all of these people that uh, that didn't necessarily sing and they couldn't fit them up there. And he said one night he just got inspired and he said, I just want you to grab your keys, grab something, grab a Bible, grab anything that'll make some noise. And if you if you didn't make it into the choir, I want you to come up here and be a noise choir tonight. And he said he got them all up there with tambourines and keys and whatever they could find. And they just started making noise. And he said the Holy Ghost began to sweep across that building. And he said people began to be healed all across that building as they just made a joyful noise unto the Lord. Can I tell somebody tonight, uh, some of us are coveting being on a platform. I would rather be somebody who could just make a joyful noise uh, and cause God's presence to begin to fall. Uh, I want the presence of God to permeate the atmosphere of every service that I walk into whether I'm sitting on the platform whether I'm the preacher or whether I'm sitting in the pew I want the Shekinah glory of God to fall I want miracle signs and wonders I want backsliders to fall on their faces and tears to stream down their face I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time and it takes praisers takes people the bible says that god inhabits the praises of his people sometimes we get that backwards because we want to come into a service or we want to come into a time of worship and uh, and we are waiting for god to move us well if i if i could just hear a song that would 
stir me and just move the spirit on me. If I, if I could just, if the preacher would just preach it to where I could feel that anointing. But no, no, the Bible says that he inhabits your praises. God wants you to praise him before you ever feel him. God wants you to praise him before you ever get goosebumps up and down your back. God wants you to praise him in obedience. God wants you to praise him in spirit and in truth. God wants you to praise him lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting and sometimes you've got to do it when you don't feel good and sometimes you've got to do it when everybody's looking at you sideways and sometimes you've got to stare the devil in the face and say I'm going to praise God anyhow praise God Praise God. Well, I, I said I wasn't going to let myself get excited, but I can't hardly teach about praise and worship without getting excited. So praise from the Hebrew verb halal, where we get the word. I said I wasn't going to talk about the original either, Pastor. I'm sorry. You can correct me later. But halal, where the root word for what we know of is Hallelujah. Halal means to raise praise, to, to celebrate. How many think we ought to celebrate in the presence of God? To, to give glory, to sing praise, or to boast. How many think that we ought to boast about our God? How many know that we have a God that we can brag about? You can brag on Jesus. How many could just testify by clapping your hands that, that God's ever done anything for you? That's a praise. Right now what you're doing, when you clap your hands, that's a praise. You're saying, Lord... I love you. I worship you. Worship comes from a different place within our spirits. Worship should be reserved for God alone. Praise can be a part of worship, but worship goes beyond praise. Praise is easy. Worship is not. Worship gets to the heart of who we are. To truly worship God, we have to let go of our self-worship or uh, our selfishness sometimes we would say. Worshipers humble themselves before God. They surrender every part of their lives to His control. It goes beyond a church service. It goes beyond an emotion. It goes beyond the clapping of the hands. It goes beyond singing. It goes beyond all of those things. But worship is a lifestyle, not just an occasional activity. Worship goes far beyond Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. Worship is something that becomes a part of who you are. Jesus said, the Father is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Luke 4, 8 says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. In Scripture, praise is usually presented as boisterous, joyful, and uninhibited. Someone said praise. God invites praise of all kinds from His creation. Jesus said that if people don't praise God, even the stones will cry out. But when the Bible mentions worship, the tone changes. We read verses like, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Did you know that holiness and worship are very tightly linked? They're closely connected. You can't be a worshiper without holiness. 
You can't have the heart of a worshiper and not love holiness because holiness is a part of being a worshiper. You can be a praiser, but you can't be a worshiper without holiness. Often worship is coupled with the act of bowing or kneeling in contrition, which shows humility. It's through true worship that we invite the Holy Ghost to speak to us, convict us. How many have the courage once in a while to say, Holy Ghost, convict my heart. There's things that might have slipped in that aren't right. There's pride. There's junk. There's stuff that slipped into this old sinful heart. And every once in a while, you've got to get the Holy Ghost inside of you, uh, convicting you and cleaning things out. I don't care how long you've lived for God. I don't care how many prayer meetings you've been to. I don't care how many aisles you've run. Every once in a while, you need the Holy Spirit to convict you. Every once in a while, you need the purifying fire of God to do a new work inside of you. You can't live off of old flames. You can't live off of an old tank of gas. You need a renewing. You need a refilling. You need a refilling. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Worship, 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 worship will bring you to the throne of God. Worship will give you an anointing. Worship will change you. Worship will become a part of you. Anybody can clap their hands. Anybody can sing. Anybody can be a praiser. But does anybody have the heart of a worshiper? Mm. That's what I meant when I said that That you can fake your praise. A lot of people praise on Sunday and do all kinds of sinful things on Monday. But you can't fake your worship. Mm. And so I'm calling all of us here at Apostolic Tabernacle to have the heart of more than just a praiser. Anybody that knows Brother Ryan knows that I like some praise. But I want to go beyond praise. And I want to be a worshiper worshiper through worship we realign our priorities with God's priorities you know we all get that way sometimes we all we all need to be recalibrated by the spirit you know you know every once in a while you you you, the things of the world just begin to attach themselves because we're we're in this world but we're not of this world but we're going through you know you can't you can't walk through mud Anybody ever tried to walk through a field that was full of mud? You, you can be as careful. You can put on boots. You can do everything that you can try to do. But when you're going through a muddy field, you're going to get some mud on you. We're living in a muddy world. And as you're going through it, you're trying to navigate it. You can be as careful. But every once in a while, you're going to get a little splatter on you. And every once in a while, you need to say, God, I need you to cleanse me. God, I need you to rearrange me. God, I need you to get the stench of the world off of me, Lord. Purify me, oh God. Purge me with hyssop, the psalmist cried. Oh my God. Praise is intertwined with thanksgiving. Worship is intertwined with surrender. Thanksgiving and surrender are two very different things. For example, I could say to you that I appreciate you. But then if you say to me, well, if you appreciate me, Would you come clean my house tomorrow? So I'm willing to give praise because praise is easy. Giving a compliment is easy, isn't it? 
Just going up and saying, hey, I really appreciate you. That's easy to do. But surrender says, Lord, you want me to live for you tomorrow as well? It's easy to come to God on Sunday and say, Lord, I love you. You're mighty. You're great and greatly to be praised. But it's another thing when God speaks into your heart and says, all right, I want you to give up your tithes and offering. All right, I want you to change that sinful lifestyle. All right, I want you to be faithful to the house of God. A worshiper does more than just give God compliments. A worshiper surrenders mind, body, heart, and soul and says, God, I give everything to you. I hold nothing back from you. That's the heart of a worshiper. It's impossible to worship God and anything else at the same time. Did you know that? Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and Him only. That's pretty emphatic, isn't it? God has always been emphatic from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelations that He will have no other gods beside Him. Thou shalt worship the Lord and Him only shalt thou serve. He instructed Him time and time again. The uh, the Israelites, the, the Hebrew, uh, as the Hebrews, as they wandered through the wilderness, it was always their lust for other false gods, their lust to put things on a pedestal beside God. It was the golden calf in the wilderness that caused God's wrath to be poured out. I'm going to tell you, God demands total sovereignty. God wants your complete and total surrender. And we're living in a world that is pulling on us from every direction. There's all kinds of things. Your job wants your allegiance. Everybody around you, everything, everything is pulling on you for your allegiance. And God says, I better be number one in your life. I better be the number one priority in your life. So it's impossible to worship God and anything else at the same time. The physical acts often associated with worship in the Bible are bowing, kneeling, lifting hands, sacrifice, all of these things help to create the necessary attitude of humility required for worship. They're not necessarily uh, worship itself, but they're an expression of worship. One writer described the differences between praise and worship this way. He said, praise is about God. Worship is to God. Praise is opening up. Worship is entering in. Praise is boldly declaring. Worship is humbly bowing down in the presence of a holy God. Praise applauds what God has done. Worship is honoring God for who He is. Worship is an attitude of the heart. A person can go through the outward motions and not be worshiping. But God sees the heart, and he desires and deserves sincere, heartfelt praise and worship. I want to take you to Psalms 51 and 16. I'm not going to be much longer. Psalms 51 and 16, I I believe the psalmist David uh, showed us several things that I think are, are powerful demonstrations of what a worshiper looks like. Let's begin by looking at Psalms uh, 51, 16, and 17. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delights not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Look with me at Matthew 6 and 5. Jesus said, and when thou prayest. 
Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Worship is something that is more than what we do in front of one another. Worship is something that we do in the secret places. It's something that happens inside of us. It's something that we do in our prayer clauses. It's something that we do when we're, when we're all by ourselves and no one else is around. Okay, Psalms 95 and 1. David said this, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. So the first heart of a worshiper is, the heart of a worshiper is that we understand that real worship is vertical. It always goes to God. It always goes up, never outward. It's never horizontal. In other words, Worship is never a performance. Let me say that again. Worship is never a performance. All right. Number two from Psalms 95 and 1. If you have that, you can go there or it's going to be on the screen. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So worship is joyful. True worship should always produce joy in your spirit. And it should always produce an overflow of joy in your life. Can you say praise the Lord? Moving quickly here. The heart of worship is always participatory. Psalm 95 and 2. Let us. Look at your neighbor and say let us. Let us. Notice it didn't say let me or let you or let the most talented. It said let us come before his presence. Go through all of the psalms and just begin to count how many times the psalmist said, let us, let us. It's always about a group of people coming together and participating in the worship. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, never come into the house of God and say, I'm not going to participate in what God is doing. If I was you, every time I step foot in the house of God, I would make up my mind, I am going to participate in the worship. Whatever it's happening, whatever God's doing, I want to be a part of it. All right, the heart of worship is thankful. Look at your neighbor and say thankful. Thankful. Thankfulness is always is always an attribute of a worshiper. You can always spot someone who is struggling with with uh, having the heart of a worship heart of a worshiper when they struggle with gratitude and thankfulness. Thankfulness is a vital part of what it means to be a worshiper. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. All right. The heart of worship is humble. Everyone said humble. For the Lord. Notice how David wrote here. He said, for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. A true worshiper will always exalt God above all things, above themselves. The heart of a worshiper is never self-promoting. It's never there uh, to draw attention to oneself. Whenever someone begins to try to draw attention to themselves, you know that's not true worship. A true worshiper is always redirecting praise to God, always redirecting attention to God. Everything that we do as children of God ought to be to promote Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and resurrected. Humility is always, always, always a part of worship. 
And finally, the heart of worship is always reverent. Everyone said reverent. I love how the psalmist said it. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. And the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. And he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Stand with me in closing. The heart of worship is always vertical. Always to God. We come to focus on God, not our own desires. See, sometimes if we're not careful, we come to church and we have, we have desires. We have things that, that we are sometimes looking for. And God says, I want you to lay those things down. And I want you to come, not to be entertained, but to be a worshiper. The heart of worship is joyful. Our joy becomes spontaneous and exuberant when we truly turn our focus to God, celebrating what he's done for us. How many, how many could just testify tonight by waving your hand that God's been good to you? The heart of worship is thankful. There's no end to what God has done for us. The heart of worship is participatory. God calls us to worship him, not to watch someone else worship him. It's not until we truly participate will we experience the true worship that God deserves. Heart of worship is always humble. Always. Someone said always. Always humble. Pride kills worship. The heart of worship is always reverent. God is always great. God is always the rock of our salvation. And we should never suppress our joy in our expression of reverence. How many want to have the heart of a worshiper tonight? I want us to do more than praise. I'm all for praise. But I want us to go into that depth of what it means to be a worshiper. Could we lift up our hands all, all over this building in dismissal, as pastor comes, he's going to pray over us tonight. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give us the heart of a worshiper all across this building. Touch our exalt service, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that your name would be lifted up in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you enjoyed the good word of the Lord tonight? Praise God. Let's just clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads together, shall we? Father, tonight, I pray that this will be a church that knows how to worship and praise your name. I pray that we will reach this city with the power of the gospel and that you will go with each one. Lord, I feel healing moving in our midst tonight because we've been receptive to your word. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Lord, touch our loved ones, our family members, those that are afar off. Lord, draw them to the heart of the gospel and show them the way. Lord, fill with your spirit and let your will be done. And we'll give you praise. And everyone said amen. 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 God is going to do it. Now smile, turn to someone, shake hands. You're dismissed.